Welcome to Dreaming Back to the Earth. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and I am co-host with Katrina Dreamer. Dreaming Back to the Earth is a podcast which is dedicated to exploring the concept that our dreams are a path to our soul-rooted relationship to self and earth. And by working with our dreams, wisdom, we can open to personal wholeness and ecological remembering. Welcome, everyone. And I'm here with you all, and we're excited to have a... um, a visitor with us today, Katrina. Yes, our esteemed visitor today is Deborah Armstrong. And here are some super cool things I want you to know about Deborah. The first is that she's been involved and engaged with her dreams for her entire life, so more than 65 years. She validated lucid dreaming in children through a sleep study that she did. She's been an IASD member since 1988. She's a therapist and graduate faculty at Goddard College, as well as the chair of the psychology and counseling department there and the coordinator of the expressive arts therapy concentration. And when we were talking with Deborah just before we started recording the podcast, she said, that if there is a conversation, dreams and place will be a part of those conversations. It's just woven into the fabric of her life, those things. And that is why we wanted to have her on our podcast. Longtime listeners will understand why, because we talk about dreams and place and earth all the time. And I had a conversation with Deborah this spring, and I just knew that this would be a very fruitful and interesting conversation. So the first thing that I want to ask you, Deborah, is how did you start working with your dreams? How did they come knocking on your door and get you interested? Well... I would say that um, some of my most potent memories from childhood actually were in dreams, dreams, memories, and that I have joked on occasion with more than an ounce of seriousness that I had more fun in my dreams than I did in my waking life when I was a child. And I, and I also would add that, um, that I grew up in a family where my mother was really dream friendly. She was curious about my dreams. She talked about her dreams. And so I felt like it was um, a landscape that was fine. And so I um, had a very rich experience in my life in dreams when I was a child. And, um, and they were just very uh, profound and potent and fun, did lots of flying, went lots of places, uh, and also had some extremely interesting out-of-the-box experiences in my dreams that then were in certain respects confirmed in my waking life. So I had lots of experiences 
that were um, were wonderful and curious and led me to uh, walk this tension in terms of waking life, a, a very comfortable tension between being very curious, very interested in the world, the waking world, but also having had enough uh, out of the box experiences to question what people would say about what waking life is and isn't. And then I had a mother who was really, uh, an example would be uh, when I was maybe eight or nine years old, I was very, very sick, had a very high fever. And in the middle of the night, my memory is that I got up out of bed, went to my parents' room where they had a small TV and were watching a movie. I suddenly felt better, thought my fever had broken, went back to my room and went to bed. My mother took me the, to the doctor in uh, the very next day and, and the doctor said, well, when did her fever break? And um, she said something like in the middle of the night, I think. And then I said, yeah, it was when I was in your room watching your t the TV, the movie with you and dad. And she just kind of looked at me <laughs> and uh, everything was fine. She went along with it. We got into the car and she looked at me and she said, you must've been out of your body in a dream. And I, I was just, Okay, that was it. Wow. So those that's a that's kind of an example of the experience experiences that I had. Yeah. So you've been a lucid dreamer since the get-go. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. yeah. And did that and all you know, all of the combined experience of lucid dreaming as a child lead you to want to be involved in that kind of a study? Well, actually it led me to want to be involved in dreams and dream mm -hmm. work and dream play. And, and as soon as I became licensed uh, as a clinician, I definitely was involved in bringing dreams into my clinical world. However, I never really thought about um, when it came time to, to decide what my dissertation was going to be, I actually thought I was going to study lucid dreams as a clinical treatment for nightmares with children. I was working a lot with children, a lot of children who had experienced trauma, a lot of children who obviously then were having nightmares. But when it came time to do my research, my potential chair said, well, you can't study something that has, hasn't been verified or confirmed in research. So by that time, there had been studies validating lucid dreams in adults as a phenomena that actually happened. So I had to turn back and, and that basically validate lucid dreams in school-aged children in the lab before I could study it as a clinical treatment for, for nightmares. And I was totally, I still am, you know, I still have lucid dreams. I'm still very interested in them and I still bring them into clinical practice. Although my, my interest is way larger than just lucid dreams. It's, I'm interested in dreams and consciousness and place and all those things. Wow. I'm curious, based on your experiences and your study, what do you believe a dream is then? Well, um, I'm going to say I don't know. I don't think that I know fully. Um, I, I would say that I think that um, my understanding is that dreams don't fit into 
a category or a box of being one thing or another. Um, I would say that given that we are energy and we know that we're energy, that it's another expression of ourselves in energy. And given that, um, the sky is the limit as, as to what you know dreams can actually be. I would say that Steven Eisenstadt's ideas and, and the way that he views dreams um, is probably pretty close to how I view them in terms of uh, different domains of what they are, psychological, intra, uh, personal, interpersonal, as well as the possibility of um, engaging in different expressions of energy and different dimensions of reality. Right, right, right. I, I really I agree with that part of it. I do wonder if dreams are this energy that's universal that, you know, is the energy of all of us, all Oh, all absolutely. Beings. Yeah, I would say that we're made of, we make ourselves of dream yeah. stuff. Yeah, right, that this is, right, yeah, right. a limited expression yeah. of what we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that other cultures have at times believed that the dream is the soul talk talking to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a lot of appreciation for um, what is referred to as Aboriginal dream time. Yeah. For sure, those, uh, those ways of viewing dreams is in the mix for me too. For sure. And that's why one of the reasons why I work with them, play with them experientially. I'm not into talking about dreams. I mean, I, although I do, <laughs> I do talk a lot about dreams, but I'm much more interested in moving them, drawing them, dancing them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Engaging right. in, in them in a deep embodied way. I also value Jenlin's uh, uh, body dream work. Yeah, I'm just for anyone listening that isn't aware of Steven Eisenstadt or Jen Lin. So Steven Eisenstadt, um, just from my own knowing about his work from reading his book is, uh, you know, um, see, here's my brain blanking. I'm thinking about um, how he will invite people to take an element from a dream. It could be a character. A resource, yeah. Something yeah, that disgusts them or a resource or something yeah. that's curious and new. Absolutely. Yeah. So that comes from my understanding of Jenlin is that he has this, or had, excuse me, um, probably still does, uh, has an appreciation for the health directed, the wellness directed energy that we all carry. And that there is that growing tension in every dream that is present that we can um, engage with and move towards that next iteration of, of wellness or wholeness or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I was going to start talking about fractals, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, let's have another uh, podcast about fractals. I'm all for that. Sure thing. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so similarly, we've heard some about how you became deeply connected to your dreams. How did you become deeply connected to place? Well, that's a very good question. And I, the first thing that pops into my mind is memories of dreaming. And I would be sw swimming through 
a water-like substance and I would be seeing different geographical locations below me. They were clearly, a lot of them were earth parts, uh, you know, places on earth, including um, what I might name as the Pacific Ocean and I would fly to islands and I would, it was principally, I would fly west. That was what my, my memory as a child, very young child actually started these, was when I started these dreams and um, having these dreams. And I would simply be flying over place and, but I would be going to one specific place and I would end up there, you know, skinning my knees, landing on this island. And um, also I had lots of dreams in my neighborhood where um, again, related to place and where I grew up is a very uh, potent place for me in terms of my, my body awareness of when I think about the place that I grew up, I have a, a felt sense in my body of identifying with that place that I don't think is uncommon to human beings actually. And uh, we, my, uh, what I remember is uh, with my, I remember going outside and playing with my brother and my best friend, Mary, and we had a very large, uh, tall weeping willow tree in the backyard. And we would all fly to the top of the weeping willow tree and play in, in the tree. And I do remember telling Mary and my brother, remember last night when we were playing in, in the tree? And they did not remember it, but I did. And it was lucid. So, so those are just a couple of examples of um, place informing and being present in my dreams. But the larger one was I would fly in this water-like substance to these different places on earth. One of them was clearly a set of islands off in you know, what we might call the Pacific Ocean um, on Earth. Another was the California coast actually, and I know that it was the California coast because um, I actually ended up going to some of those places uh, later on in my life and living there. And I still dream about this particular place on the coast in California. And that's still a very, very common place for me to dream about. I'm kind of just, yeah, I love hearing stories like this. Um, and my brain is going in a couple different directions. But one thing I want to know is, did, because you dreamed about this place in California, and then you ended up going there and then and did you living live in there. that? Yeah, live, living there. there. Yeah, I actually do. Do you feel there. like, because I feel this in, in my life. So I'm curious if you also feel like that place called to you. You know, like, is that, is that why you dreamed about it? Was it calling you? I think about um, the idea of place having a, an energy or a, even a being that's there. Does that resonate so, or do you not think about it that way? I have a couple of responses. The first response is,
yeah, but then, oh, so what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so yes, and that's one way of understanding it. Yeah. That's one way of understanding it. Um, and, and with that, I'll say it's complicated. It's complicated. And one of the things that I'm thinking about is, yes, I definitely, um, as soon as I was old enough to think about growing up and living where I wanted to live, I knew I wanted to move to California. And, but I was having these dreams for years before I was even an adolescent. Um, and I was having dreams about going to an island in the Pacific. And I've ended up you know, traveling to numerous places, including Bali, which has turned out to be a big place for me. And when I was in California, after a certain amount of time, I began to have a dream about a place that I didn't know uh, that I now understand to have been the Carolina coast where I live now. So yes, these places were calling me, but then it gets complicated because when I think about time, there actually is no time. So everything's happening at the same time. So I think it's a, it's a, I don't know what it is. It's complex. It's complex. So yeah, they're calling me, but you know, it kind of sounds like you're talking about fractals again, even though you didn't want to talk yeah. about fractals. <laughs> but just that idea of like time being yeah. now and, you know, I think of it kind of all spiraling together. Right. That's, that's interesting. Um, well, it does, can I say, it does feel like it goes back to the energetic experience that we are all mm -hmm. one. And that place is one with us energetically. And so Absolutely. we're experiencing all of life and all of place at the same time. And, you know, again, I, I mean, I wonder, like, even with the dream, why do we dream certain experiences? Is it that energetically there's something that that pulls to us, um, that awakens in us that we so that seems more of a priority so with that or, I, I, don't I think what i want to say is that one of my understandings about dreams is that there is incredible uh, information available to us in dreams that maybe doesn't fit into a narrative or a language but it that but we have access to it and if we're looking at it and really paying attention to it engaging with us it will in, it will inform us and we will feel impulse. I'm a real big fan of impulses. I am such a fan of impulses. And we will have, I had a, a very strong impulse to go to school in California. And that was that. I had a very strong impulse to move to the Southeast. And that was that. And, and so, uh, and both, and I can't even begin to count the times that I followed my impulses, especially if they hang around and found them uh, to be of tremendous value, of tremendous value. And I, yeah, and I would say that that's one of the things that I'm really certain about is in dreams we, and this is evidence-based as well as, you know, interior and experiential that the, there are so many resources of information 
um, about us and, and each other and, and the universe available to us in dreams can, I mean, it's like beyond imaginable. So knowing that you work with art, mm -hmm. how do all these things weave together? The place piece, the dreams, the art, how, how are you connecting with your dreams? So, um, hmm. I, uh, again, it's complicated. My <laughs> take is that art is one of the ex ways through experience that I can engage with the dream. And so it's less about it being art. It's more about it being engaging mm -hmm. with my body, with the dream. Um, so yesterday I was working, playing with two dreams that came up simultaneously for me. And I talked about them and then I engaged with two of the characters in the dream that I identified as possible resources. And then I um, moved through the dream that I felt most um, uh, drawn to and, and what came out of it was a profound understanding of the relationship between the two dreams and a profound understanding about um, the growing tension for me that the dream was informing me about. And I'm sure it's more than that, but that's what came out for me. And it was, I did draw the dream, by the way. I draw, I drew a, several pictures or several um, expressions of the dream itself. And then I, the, the movement that I began with was authentic movement to, to work with the dream. And, and, it's, and for me, it's, draw, it's more of a dropping into the embodied liminal space where there's not thought, there's not a narrative, but I'm in the dream space and, and following it. Very similar to a focusing process, only um, allowing myself to move into the dream um, somatically, actually. And that's how I engage with dreams. And then what comes out of it, you know, a creative expression, art, is simply another, another way to lift from the dream what feels, what, what's, what is seeking expression. So it's less about making art and more about engaging with the dream and dropping in. Really, uh, you begin somatically, but it goes to a space that's yes and yes and both and yes. Body and not body. Body, dream, waking and dreaming, but more dreaming. Yeah, well, because that space is the dreaming space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did and you notice? Dream, I mean, we're in, we're, we're dreaming right now. Right. My right. understanding. Right. Right. Did you notice any difference in the way that you engaged with your dreams when you were on the coast of California as opposed to where you are here? Was there a different flavor? That's a great question. That's such a great question. And I would say yes. 
And in California, and this kind of surprise, you're asking me this question is very surprising to me. When I lived in California, I was a member of a dream group for many years actually, and did a lot of dream work there. And I have to say that it was less somatic, more, um, with some exceptions, with some exceptions, but it was more, and this could speak more about me than the place, I'm not sure. But it seems like in South Carolina, um, I, um, I, I think this maybe is more about me, but I'm not really sure, is that it's much deeper, much more somatic, liminal, um, easy or easy to go very, very deep, more dreamlike. I have to say though, in all honesty, that in California, I had a circle of friends. I had a circle of colleagues. We were in regular communication. And um, I also had a very busy life outside, you know, um, raising children and stuff like that. Here, my life is incredibly introspective. I have few, if any, up close and personal friends here. I have close friends, but they live far away. And so my life is very, very um, introspective, interior oriented, and, um, and, and very, and I'm surrounded by, <laughs> and I'm, this is why, one of the reasons why I, know, I consciously know that I'm in South Carolina is because I'm surrounded by these huge trees and all of this living, breathing earth in a way, in a different way than California. And I always did not feel grounded in California. I mean, I knew I wanted to be there and, and, and have a great appreciation for having been there, but it was not a very settling place for me in my body. This, I feel rooted, very rooted, in spite of the fact that I am, in certain respects, a solitary person here. Wow. Having lived in California, I, I know what you mean about it being an ungrounded place, but also such a value in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the moment, right? Like right. Yeah. That, that experience I, is I lived very... there for 30 years. I mean, I lived there a long time. Yeah. I was trying to get out for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and just thinking about, you know, earth and how it's, it's unstable there. There's earthquakes all the time, right? It's a shifting, changing place and, and how different it feels to be somewhere where that doesn't happen. Well, and I wonder how, if there's... Oh, oh no, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, to, to step deeper into the elemental energy that is all of us and that is the earth, I wonder if there's some elemental um, differences to the experiences of place with dreams. Um, I've had people report what, you know, if they're, I've slept on the ocean in uh -huh. a schooner, you know, sleeping in a desert compared to sleeping in Vermont or in Maine where the trees and the mountains. Right, and right. The I definitely have, yeah, where I go, I had, they're definitely discerning, you know, there's differences between where I'm at. In Vermont, 
when I sleep in Vermont, I very commonly have bears, all sorts of animals <laughs> showing up in my dreams, all sorts of animals. Um, when I sleep in China, which I do regularly, and when I was on a boat traveling through the Southeast Asia, I always have people um, visiting me. There are specific people who come to my dream in my dreams and visit me when I'm in China, for sure. And and when I was dreaming in North Carolina at an ISD conference years and years ago, there was also um, a, 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 a man and and a community of indigenous people, and I uh, do not know the the community, the name, but they, they were there and they hung out in my dreams every night of that conference. Mm -hmm. Every night they came to me in my dreams. And then here, well, in California, I also had indigenous people visiting me. Um, and here, my dreams, I, I travel a lot here. I travel from South Carolina to other places a lot, actually. I'm thinking about what you just said about the dreams in North Carolina and the dreams mm -hmm. in China and the particular people that showed up in those right. dreams. And I'm not sure where I'm going exactly with this thread, but I wonder what it would be like to talk about or have as a practice, have the intention to connect in that way in our dreams and see what unfolds, right? So it could be connecting with the people, but it could also be, okay, I really incubating. want to connect with the water. Incubating. Yeah, yeah. And seeing what, mm -hmm. what shows up. Are you, yeah, do you, do you oh, incubate? I incubate. I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I do. I, but my incubations of dreams usually are a little bit, I usually have a practical, there's a practical flavor there. Like, um, tell me what I need to know about this situation. And I have lots of great examples of making decisions that turned out really fine because I incubated dreams about the decision-making process. Um, and, and I, you know, incubate um, ways to resolve situations with uh, when I'm not quite sure of what to do that kind of thing. So uh, my incubation, I do incubate dreams with some regularity. They tend to be more practical, pragmatic things. What's an example? Well, I'll give you one example. It's one of my favorites to talk about. This happened a long time ago when I was in, living in California and I was uh, teaching and I was looking for a practice to be, I had a practice and I was thinking I'd like to become a I'd like to join a group practice. So I sent out, um, I heard about this practice. I sent them a resume and the director of the practice immediately invited me in for a conversation. And um, I went in 
very, you know, it was a very nice looking um, office and the director invited me into their, their office, their, their room and, and it was like, oh boy, we're so glad that you want to be a part of us and this is what the deal will be and this could be your office. I mean, it's like, it was like, it sounded perfect. It was like perfect financially, it was where I wanted to be practicing. It was a nice group. They were, you know, receptive to how I wanted to work, but there was something, something off. So this director wanted me to kind of sign on the dotted line that very day. And I said, um, let me give it, a, I, think, I think I said, let me sleep on this. I think that's what I actually said, let me sleep on this. And I knew exactly what I was doing. I was very conscious of this. I knew I was gonna go home and incubate a dream. It just, something just didn't feel right. And so I went home, asked for a dream. And, in the, and this is the dream I had. Um, I had a dream and this director was screaming at me. She was screaming at me. I don't remember what she was screaming at me about, but she was screaming at me. So I thought, okay, now disclaimer, I was not desperate for an income. I was doing fine. It was really something I wanted to do rather than had to do. So I felt very free. So um, I called uh, the director and I said, thank you very much for your invitation. I really have to decline. I've been doing some thinking and, and, and I've decided it's not a good option for me. She starts screaming at me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Now we can talk about our, our um, neural system and our neuroception and all that kind of stuff. That's what, that's just like the tip of the iceberg or yeah, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we connect with that shows up in our dreams. Our dreams will show us what's, what's good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. How, how would you say place talks to you in dreams? So we've heard about how, you know, you dreamed about these places and then you ended up going there, but how, how does it communicate to you? Do you think? Um, I'm not sure how to respond to that. So I'll just kind of, uh, share some examples. So this coast that I go to in California, as there's, as soon as I'm there, there's a felt sense of, oh yes, here we are again. And some of the details change, you know, what's on the coast, it's a house or a beach or whatever. And the road changes a little bit, the coast highway changes a little bit. And, um, and some of the, 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 the beach landscape cha changes a little bit, but there's always a felt sense of this is in my body. It's a, a smell, um, the color of the water, the terrain before I get to the beach, um, the rocks, but the, so that so I guess um, smell and a familiarity uh, of a felt sense 
and um, it's clear that I mean when I'm thinking about different places like when I go to when I'm in a dream where I'm in China um, it's clear to me that it's China although I had the dream of being in China before I actually went to China and it ended up there's there's um, what you might call precognitive elements in it in in these dreams but there's for me it's um, the feel of being in China is very different than the feel of being in California and the feel of being in Bali is very different than being in California mm -hmm. the feel of being in South Carolina is very different than the feel feeling of being in Vermont. And so part of my understanding of that is that we in our somas actually are creating, you know, different elements of experience in these different places. And those um, are awakened in our dream. I don't know how else to put it. That makes sense to me. And, and then what I was wondering is, since you've moved multiple times, or I have, you even, I you have even moved lived multiple times, and I think that's very interesting because I move based on, based on dreams. I have moved based on dreams. Right, and then, how, and then what I was wondering is, how do you have a process for how to start connecting on I do. I, so I'm I missed, curious I'm, if, if you have a process. Do you have a process for how you start to connect with that place once you actually are there in body? <laughs> you know, you've been there, you've already been there in dreams, but do you have a process for that? Not that I know of. Um, I actually was in California before I moved there. What happened is that I started dreaming about this place that I didn't know was California. And then I figured out that it was California because when I was 16 years old, I went to California and I went, oh, this is where I've been dreaming of. And then I made a decision to move there to go to school and, um, and was very glad that I did. But also was clear that I didn't want to stay there. Almost as soon as I got there, I knew that I didn't want to live there forever, but I ended up living there for 30 years, but that's another story. And then, I started really being clear that I wanted to move back to the East Coast, wasn't sure where. And then I had, so I, I began having dreams of a specific place. And again, it was a very similar process where I knew that I wanted to move, but I wasn't sure where I wanted to move to. Then I came to visit synchronicities, had a friend, from high school who moved to the moved to South Carolina, came here and, oh yeah, this is where I want to move. And then I moved here, took a long time. It sounds quick, but it was not quick. And um, now I'm actually, um, I could move, but I don't know where too. <laughs> So you, that's so exciting though. you like, you're in that process again, that I am. place might I am show actually. up or in your dreams, or yeah. you might have one of those synchronicities again. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mary Kay has, 
has that happened to you? I, I can't remember. I know you've lived a couple different places. Have you, were you dreaming about places before you were there? Um, probably not. Um, I don't think so. I, I think um, for me, it was always just intuition. There was mm -hmm. an energy in my waking life that encouraged me to, to go to a certain place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, my dreams worked with me in a different way. And, and again, I feel like, and I wonder, you know, that those were the energies that needed to come to me because I already had the insight about where I wanted to live in my waking life based on my practices. So it's, it, it's kind of, it's really fluid. I mean, it's really interesting to me, like what comes to each of us in terms of mm -hmm. yeah. what our dreams, you know, manifest. Right. Yeah. I, I would add that dreams was a, a very important piece of the pie, but like you, Mary, there were also impulses and intuitions as well. And also I have a very pragmatic side to me. And I made sure all my ducks were in order before I made each of these moves. Right. Meaning I chose to come to, I chose to go to a school in California. It was an easy match. And then I found a job in South Carolina. Yeah, right, right. I mean, and when you're, what you're saying, it also reminds me that the, I maybe didn't incubate where or had the experience of where Geogra geographically I would end up, but the work that I was doing with my dreams at the, at the time prepared me to, to have right. the self-confidence to move where, uh, and I, oh my I, God. when I went yes. to move to Vermont, I mean, I, it took me six years to get the guts to move because it meant giving everything up. And that's when I was doing an incredible amount of dream work yeah. around building, uh, growing passion in me, growing self-confidence. So there it is. I mean, it just worked I the really way. You said that, Mary, because I remembered a dream that I had before I moved to South Carolina. It was very, it was very profound and very important. I had a dream that I, after I had already moved, this was when I had accepted a position to move to South Carolina. And in the dream, I had arrived in hell, literally hell. And, but I had an umbrella in my hand and I was walking around this incredible devastation and this incredible, dark, frightening place. But I had an umbrella in my hand and I, it was a nightmare. I, I awoke from this dream frightened and um, what I did, which is something I don't always do, or hardly ever do actually, is I looked up the meaning for umbrella in a dream <laughs> dictionary. And what I remember reading was something like, it was a Buddhist symbol for protection. Huh, interesting. And, and so I came to the conclusion, um, I, I remember this very clearly, I remember coming to South Carolina and knowing it would be difficult. I knew that it was gonna be difficult. And sure enough, the first two or three years here were traumatic, nothing short of traumatic. And I remembered that dream and held that dream inside of me as I moved through what was happening. And I also continued to check in 
do I feel like moving back? Do I feel, you know, it's like, it was really rough, but I never once in those years considered moving. I never felt the impulse to move. So I just hung in there, hung in here. And, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Wow. Katrina, you guys made a big move. We did. <laughs> yeah. And this was, this was not something that I had ever dreamed about or thought like this, this place I, I considered going to college on the East coast, but it was it just wasn't an option for me. So there was always an impulse to be here, but I never mm -hmm. thought about living here. Um, more for me, the, the kinds of dreams I've had that have pulled me places were travel. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And particularly ancestral places. Right. So actually that that's the, I share that too. I mean, yeah. we're talking about moving to places, but that has informed that informs wherever pretty much most of the places I go. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's so fascinating to get to a place kind of like you've been talking about China or the coast of California and feel like you've already been there or it's, there's already a knowing. Sure. Like it's mm -hmm. this place that supposedly you haven't been before, <laughs> but you have. Yes. I had oh, that in a few oh, places and it's oh, just God, so yes. wild. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I remember having a dream, several dreams on a train to Bath, England. And I finally went to Bath, England specifically because of those dreams. And do you know, I found three places. I mean, it was like, it was exactly what I had recalled in my dreams. So wild. Were those dreams lucid or not? Oh yes, they were yeah. lucid. They okay. were lucid. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. I don't I I'm I don't have the the gift for super lucid dreaming. So it makes me wonder when I say that out loud though, maybe those dreams were somewhat lucid. Like what's the definition of lucid? You so know, like is, is it? Do you have to know that you're dreaming for it to I'm be lucid? I don't know. That's interesting. Recipes. I'm not yeah. a fan of you got to dream this way. Or you got to yeah. dream that way. And my my response to you is you can learn. You can teach yourself to have more lucid dreams. You can teach yourself to to be lucid, and it's a matter of intention and practice. Yeah, really. But the bottom line is that. Um, I'm much more in favor of you. If you feel like doing it, do it. If you don't, if you don't feel the pull and you're doing fine with your dreams, enjoy them. Enjoy yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of it. I, I, because of my anxiety, I feel like I have to have so much control over my life that I think I've just said, okay, dreams are going to do what they're going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to try to control anything in my dreams. Wow. Let's see. That's so interesting. What's rising up in me in response to that is that dreams are like one place that I can rely on. Um, I don't have to be in control. I can mm. enjoy them and just have fun with them and engage with them and be profoundly helped by them. Um, I'm re um, there's this book called The After Death Journal of an American Philosopher by Jane Roberts about William James. And there's this passage where he's talking about the afterlife and saying, I feel so fine here. 
everything is fine. And what a fool I was in my life to be so worried. And that's how I feel in dreams. I do not, I don't want to give anybody the impression that that's how I feel in my waking life, but that is how I feel in my dreams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mary Kay, I'm just looking at the time. Yeah. I'm not sure how long actually we've it's been talking, but probably a good long hour. while. Okay. So, so yeah, as I predicted, Thank you. we would have a lot to talk about, but Deborah, you, um, as we do on the podcast, we uh, like to leave people with an exercise or even just something to think about. And I know you have something to share with us. What would you like to share? So there are, In terms of engaging with dreams, the first thing is to just enjoy them and to kind of softly let go of beliefs about the frightening aspects of what dreams can present us with. I think there's a lot, we have a lot of negative stories and myths in our, our culture about dreams. So I would say that the first thing is to just really um, enjoy them and engage with them. In terms of some really rich and juicy ways to engage with them, one is with objects in a sand tray, small objects. I do sand tray therapy. And um, I would encourage anybody who wants to, um, to play with that practice that that's a, a really nice practice in terms of bringing forth the images from the dream in a way that can be profoundly valuable. Um, and then I, uh, I love just uh, doing focusing preferably with a partner or alone, um, dropping into a memory of a dream and allowing, allowing yourself to move the dream just um, Imagine that you're in the dream, in the moment, and, and dropping into the, the literal ethers of the present, the dream in the present, and see what happens. See what, what is around you, and the more that you can engage with this fully with your imaginal mind, um, dream mind, uh, the more the more it has the possibilities or probabilities of um, something quite wonderful happening. And so maybe. Uh, oh, I thought of one more thing. Yes. Okay. So one of the things I've been doing for a long time is creating dream webs. Mm. And I actually have one here. So what you can do is you can take a sheet of paper and name a dream each morning or oh, wow. however often you want and tie the scroll with the dream title onto a thread and create a dream web. Wow, so what I'm seeing um, that Deborah is holding up for us is just a long piece of string or twine and she's written each title of a dream on a little scroll that she's tied to this and it's quite long. She had it kind of strung up around her office. And then um, 
is there uh, a way of engaging with it? Like, do you get to a point where you're like, oh, my dream web is done. And then there's something you do with it after. So I've actually principally done dream made dream, dream webs in groups with training people that I'm teaching or training. So I've made several dream webs that we made in China, several in Vermont, several all really around the world. And what happens is after the group has completed our, our play together, our dream play together, we cut the dream web and then give people, you know, parts of the dream web to take home. But it's a way of appreciating and bringing the dream into waking reality in a very tangible, expressive and beautiful way. And I could imagine, you know, I love how you gave parts. I was hoping you were going to say you gave parts of the dream to people to take home with them. Yeah. You know, that that would be then telling them something. I could imagine with that dream web that at a certain point you could walk up to it and say, what do I need to know now? And oh, be drawn to a scroll and that, that dream. Katrina, right? Oh my right? goodness. Yes. That's yeah. a, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a really cool yeah and and, and uh that, i mean that shows us how, how dreams and dream yeah. practice loops back on itself right yeah. that fractal thing you're talking about again like right 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 it, it just all everything is a mirror of everything else right yeah wow deborah thank you, thank you for being here thank this you katrina so interesting yeah. yeah thank you yeah i do appreciate you inviting me to be your guest very, very much. Thank you so much. Yeah. And maybe someday we'll actually meet in person in Vermont. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Thank you so, so much. It was great to meet you. And uh, in, I'm informed. I've learned something today too. So that's really Thank cool you. for us. I really have cool to. I, I have to. Thank you. That. We'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. <laughs> Frackles? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> science, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> do I leave now or what do I do? Well, I just want to say thank you for being here. And um, I look forward to hearing any emails if folks want to, when they listen to it, we have an email at dreamingbacktotheearth.com, uh, gmail.com. Um, let us know what you're thinking about all this wonderful dream work that we're bringing into the world. So again, thanks for listening. And thank you, Deborah, for being with us. Thank you, Mary. And thank you, Katrina, very much. <laughs>